Hey, Brian. Hey, Rick. Shooter McGavin here on a Masters Weekend, day two. Wow. So I heard your From the Tips podcast is kind of badass. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of from the tips it's me boy brian always joined by my fantastic co-host rick landis sorry for the delay here on this episode here folks but last week we were at a flyers game don't judge us um and this week uh we we uh we had uh, we had a friend in town rick was gonna go hang out with them so we decided to just record on a tuesday and honestly after the holiday and all that jazz it was a nice rest for us so uh-huh. we appreciate for bearing with us but here we are we are back uh not a whole butt ton about the PGA Tour to talk about right now, but boy, is there tiger news afoot. But other than that, For Rick, sure. how was your holiday? How was Thanksgiving? How was everything going on with that? It was good. Um, I appreciate your forbearing uh, comment. Only some <laughs> people will get that, but <laughs> probably no one listening, actually, but that's fine. Um, no, it was good. Um, <laughs> Gina's family does a, uh, a football game on thanksgiving and i lit it up so that's pretty cool uh tom's probably gonna listen to this and tell me i didn't but i uh threw two touchdowns and i caught a touchdown so like that's pretty much pretty much all you can do i was so mad tom fumbled and decided that he didn't want to fumble in a touch football game so instead of letting me pick it up like a good person he knocked it out of bounds uh so i couldn't get it (laughs) (laughs) i was like no You know, you actually Dude, my like stats would have been off the charts. If there I are rules recovery. against that. You can't can't go just go whacking a, f- a fumble out of you bounds. Know, I wish, yeah, I wish that was an established rule. Another rule that wasn't established prior that I apparently was supposed to know that is you can't run unless someone's blitzing. Because uh, I took the snap and there was nobody on my left side, so I just ran it into the end zone. It really doesn't count. I was like, okay, listen, just because you're mad doesn't mean that. We have to take it off the table. Look, uh, they took it off the I'm, table anyway. So, and then I just threw a touchdown the next play. <laughs> just because, just because Rick is the backyard football Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean that you <laughs> salty. Okay, uh, he basically. Dude, I played on the. I played on the line. Oh, I got a sack. Like I was, dude. I was getting QB chases all day. Like, dude, I was all over the place. I couldn't feel my hip flexors the next day, but that's no, fine. No. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> um, so, the I I played in that game last year, and I and for anybody that played, obviously saw me play that. I am not uh, good at uh, being a receiver or a, at any point with the ball. Check down routes, I'm there. Hit three <laughs> three yard. You have to get the ball off because nobody's open downfield. Right in the chest. Hit me. I'm good. I'll probably get five more yards and fall over. But what I'm what I'm pretty decent at is being short and stocky. And I can I can handle myself on the line. I remember last year's game. You can you can ask him about this, Derek, um, another friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, friend of the blog at Cross America. Um, I remember being on the defensive line and just like kind of just going right through his chest, and he was like, yeah. "Jesus, man!" <laughs> I was like, well, I, um... "Look, I'm I'm dense. All right, I'm not like strong, but my yeah. base is solid, and I'm dense, and I can just get through yeah. things." Derek Derek's kind of a revolving door on on the line. Uh, he's more of a, a safety type. Um, I, I 
pretty much just blew through him every time. I hit him in the neck a few times though, so I felt kind of bad about that. Like my hands got a little away from him. Oh, yeah. I would like, I like gave him a little one of those like, <laughs> twice, and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But the, see, Derek is like on on the like out like as a corner or a, a yeah. receiver. Oh yeah, athlete. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good at sure. like when you come into the trenches with boys like me and Rick, that's a different story. That's a different story. You <laughs> come into those rip. trenches, you you gonna get hit. We um, had a we had a, a girl play for the first time ever this year. Yeah, congratulations to Gina. That's huge. No, it wasn't Gina. I thought it was. I thought I saw the picture and it was her. No, it was it was a different girl. Um, yeah gina goes to columbus every year so she just does shopping but yeah no we had a girl play for the first time this year and she scored two touchdowns um so that was pretty sick she was on fire um but yeah so it was pretty good uh ate some food then and then uh i don't think i did really anything this weekend and then yeah i saw riley yesterday which was sick uh for those who don't know riley's my my good friend from college mine and brian's good friend from college um he is in the the navy, not the navy. That's embarrassing. I'm sorry, Riley. He's in the air force. Star. He's in the air force. Technically, um, a branch of the navy, though. You weren't far off. No, he's in the air force. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do submarines and stuff like that. But yeah, so I saw him yesterday. That was pretty sick. Um, and I'm gonna see him again in like two weeks because he has leave. So that's pretty sick. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, so... was your, how was your Thanksgiving and and holiday? Good, good, man. Uh, really nice to have time off. So uh, my work uh, has been hella busy the last month or so. Um, I mean, I've been traveling all over the place for work. You know, I was I just came back from Miami, went going to Atlanta next week and all that stuff. But um, they decided on Tuesday, instead of giving us the scheduled half day on Wednesday, they were just going to give us off Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and everybody come back Monday. So that was some awesome rest time away from that work. Is awesome. I, I was able to golf with uh, Colin of Hack Across America uh, on on um, on Wednesday. That was super fun. Um, uh, my golf game is a little rusty right now. I was going to say, I heard that didn't go too well. No, a little rusty right now. <laughs> um, but you know, what are you going to do? I haven't golfed in two months. I'll, obviously, that's just the choo-choo, the excuse train rolling. Um, but you know... Not every round is going to be a good one, and that's just how how it is as an amateur golfer. You know, I'm not like an incredible golfer. The only reason I'm captain of next year's golf tournament is because people that were better than me have dropped out and have subsequently <laughs> made me captain. And also the fact that Tom wasn't there last year. Like, there's a lot of factors that don't involve my golf game whatsoever. That's the fact that I'm the captain of this year's trip. Yeah, but guess what? You're here. That's what I'm saying. That's what. And so it, there's a know. chance that I can draft a good enough team. To win a chip, you know? That's true. As long as you don't involve me on that team, you've got a chance. Greg, I'm not going to lie to you. You're <laughs> on my draft board because there's there are two factors for Team Disney going in this year, okay? That is, that is by the way, the uh, the team I'm the captain of because we're going to Florida, so it's Team Universal against Team Disney. Uh, they do a theme thing with each state. Uh, there, there are two rules for Team Disney this year. The first rule, and the most important, is vibes. Vibes got to be high. Team's got like to have some juice. Guy. God, there's got to be good vibes, right? That, that is rule number one. Number two is try to play good golf. If you give it your best effort, if, if it's just not there that day, it's probably not there that day for me either. You know, Tom picked all these long ass courses that I'm just going to struggle <laughs> so heavily on. Um, but, you know, uh, I'll just uh, work on my short game specialties and hope that that can carry me to a decent score somewhere in the 90s. Um, but is what it is. That's going to be a fun thing to talk about, you know, when we get towards next summer. and For sure. That. That's going to be super fun to talk about, but whoa, 
Oh no, my battery is. Now we're good. There you go. Um, my battery is low. Oh um, no. So um, for those those that don't know, which is all of you, um, <laughs> we we double booked my laptop for recording purposes tonight. Um, so Gina is currently recording for her podcast. Uh, so I'm on the iPad. My audio is about to get a little bit worse because I have to charge the iPad so we can continue on this. Um, so just a little heads up there, real quick, while I charge, while I plug this in. Yeah, while he uh, while he charges his uh, his device so that he can be on the pod, um, I do find it funny that you know in in the 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 Landis Reed household as it is right now, they have to share a laptop, and I'm here with two uh, because I have my personal, and I just use my work one for all the uh, the other you know notes and stuff that I take for the podcast and all the articles that we use. Um, but either way, let's get into the nitty gritty of the episode here. Obviously, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving, so much to be thankful for, but it's not only Christmas season, but we have a litany of things to be excited for. So, Rick, let us know what do we have to be excited for this week? Well, I mean, the day you're listening to this is November 30th, uh, Can't which means that the last day of November, which is a wild stat. Um, it's also National National Meth Awareness Day, so uh, be aware of meth. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Got to <laughs> see. Like, I was reading these, and like going down the order, it was like Computer Security Day, Mason Jar Day. I was like, neither of those are interesting. And then just immediately after is National Meth Awareness Day, which. Totally caught me off guard. Um, not ready for that one at all. I love that it's just meth awareness. It's not like, you know, recovering meth addiction awareness. It's not. Be you aware know, of meth. Just be aware of it. Just be like, you want to know what? That's a thing that's out there. I'm probably going to attempt to avoid it. You know, just be aware of it. There's nothing else. Just know it's there. Lurking. Um, it's also National Personal Space Day. So give me my space. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> with everything going on in your house right now. I mean, yo, Jesus! <laughs> this is my getaway from what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all I have to worry about is the mess in my room, and that is it. <laughs> um, if you but, don't yeah, stare, we're in December. We're in December, and we're starting off strong with uh, National Eat a Red Apple Day and National Pie Day. So maybe just eat a red apple pie day. Ooh, double down, double yeah. down. Uh, it's also uh, Rosa Parks Day, so shout out to Rosa Parks and buses. Um, December's. <laughs> Fuck yeah, buses. Woo! <laughs> uh, December 2nd, uh, National Fritters Day. National oh. Fritters Day. Uh, apple fritters are banging. I feel like we're going hard on the apples in December already. It's weird. I feel like that's a fall thing, but yeah, in December, we're just going in on it. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much still fall outside. Um, I, I can't really confirm that it's fully winter yet because every day that it feels like winter is followed by a 50 degree morning and it makes no sense. Um, I will say most most mornings it is winter in the morning and spring in the afternoon because yeah. I go to work with three layers on and I leave work with one. Yeah. So the worst time. Re- really, it's I don't feel like it's winter yet. Uh, it's it, it's Pennsylvania, so it's not going to be winter till January, and then we're still going to have winter weather in April, and it's going to suck. It's just going to be, be terrible. It's weird that we haven't normalized that yet, right? Like when we were kids, I feel like it was like all right, November, late November, early December, winter time, and Every now time. it's like mid January, winter time. 
and we just haven't normalized the fact that in Pennsylvania, it no longer is winter until January. We're like, oh, it's December. That means it's winter. Like, no, it's still fall in December at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and we just need to, we just need to just accept that. It needs to be normalized because it's really just starting to get confusing. Um, you know, you're listening to Christmas music, talking about a winter wonderland and a white Christmas and all that jazz. And all you're really getting is mud and sticks uh, for yeah. for Christmas. Super spring, you know, Happy Super holidays. Yeah, it's 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 it is what it is. But also, you know, there's that whole theory that we probably shouldn't get into because in this podcast would be a totally different theme. Um, the whole theory about how the 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 caps shift after a couple thousand years. So, uh, you know yes. how you know how in the lower hemisphere, it's like our summer is their winter and vice versa. There's like yeah. the whole theory about how the caps shift after a couple thousand years and it'll be huh. different than what we've experienced and stuff like that. And maybe we're going through that shift right now. That's a whole different that's, thing. That, that's insane. We can definitely talk about that if you want. No. Um, <laughs> speaking of which zombie virus is a thing. Be ready for that. People. Um, you didn't see that. I thought I sent it in the group chat. Which, which group chat? Uh, the one Instagram chat. Uh, apparently oh due to uh de thawing or thawing, I guess um, of glaciers and whatnot we are getting a bunch of uh, viruses from prehistoric times and one of them is being called the zombie virus oh that's a good so, name it's a solid name so that's where we're at at this point so just be ready for that because zombies are on their way here we are this new, is, new hey, chapter we we knew this was going to happen movies and tv told us we didn't believe it here we are brad pitt has prepared me for this moment i'm ready to go World War Z for anyone who doesn't know that one, uh, pretty bad movie. But it's Brad Pitt, so I feel like it's underappreciated. Actually, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it right. a little bit. It's all right. It's all right. all right. I feel like zombie movies are just like all too much at this point, though. Yeah, after The Walking Dead, it, it felt almost like we're really just much like the Twilight series was like I could do without vampire stuff for a while here. You know, after The Walking Dead, I was like I could do without the zombie stuff for a while. Yeah. For Come up with come up with a different sci-fi uh, theme, please. You know, aliens maybe. Aliens. Let's harp back on aliens. We could yeah, do we a we could, we could do a uh, killer clowns from space too. Oh, what a great great film. No, a, a a movie that will transcend time. Just a classic through the ages, for sure. Um, so before we get into the golf, I do have one question for you. I hopefully have one answer. How how are how are we looking for fantasy playoffs? Are we in or out? Dude, it's tough. Uh, so I'm six and six right now. Lost this week, right? Um, so it, it's it's looking tough. However, there's a there's a there's a full blown four way tie for first at um, eight and four, and then four and five are seven and five, and then I'm the buffer between the good and the bad teams at six okay. and six. So I believe the playoffs are the – I can't remember if it's the top six or the top four. I think for most it's top four, right? I think. Yeah, most is top four. So if well, I can – If it's a 12-team league, it's probably six. Yeah, and so it's a 12-team league that I'm in here, I think. Is it 12 or 10? How many teams? Okay, so it's 10. So it's probably going to be top four. So here's top the four. thing. If I can catch fire somewhere, pick up some players, like I got um, Isaiah Pacheco – uh, from Kansas City, he's been running the hell out of the ball recently. Waivers? Yeah. What? Dude, it was a huge pickup for me. It's fucking nuts. 
Um, and that was a solid pickup. I've been, I've been kind of, I got Kansas City's defense. I've been, I've been pulling some strings here. People well, you are gotta hit the waiver wire. You gotta hit the waiver wire. So I'm thinking I might be able to sneak my way into that fourth spot. I just need some other teams to start doing worse. Uh, sure. So, so we're just kind of fingers crossed at this point. Uh, I did take sure, an L sure, this sure. last week though, so that that is what it is. But you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Is what it is. Uh, how about you? Are you? I mean, obviously, you're trying to lose. Is that going any better, uh, or are you still mediocre? No, not really. So I did lose this week. However, based on my projections, it seems like I, I'm going to be tied with the one other guy in my division <clears throat> for first. Um, and I'm just thinking. I'm thinking that he has more points for. So I'm thinking that he's probably going to get it, uh, which is just ideal. Because then I'm just kind of like you know middle of the road, right? Um, I, I don't need anything crazy in the drafts because uh, I'm not picking a quarterback, even though I need one desperately. I'm just I'm just winging it at this yeah, point. Yeah, the Tom Brady failing to remember how to play football thing really fucked you up. Oh, I I traded him weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my quarterbacks currently are Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson, so not oh doing any better. <laughs> Man, you. Oh no! Oh well, actually, no. that's a lie. My other quarterback is Taylor Heineke, and he's been starting for me. So. Hey, you know Taylor Heineke. If those are your other two options, is probably your best go. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's a rough go. Uh, so I'm taking uh-huh. the very bold approach of not drafting a quarterback this year. So we'll see how that goes. Eat and mm, stress, <laughs> stress. I'm stressed for you. Um, hey, hopefully Zach Wilson turns it around. You know. Um, Maybe. <laughs> But, you know, Mike White no, might just, you know, take that team and run. Um, if the Jets make the playoffs this year, that'd just be so confusing. Just as a football Mike White fan, has to stay if they make the playoffs. If they make the you – know, Mike White is the quarterback. Zach Wilson's got to go or be the backup. I don't know to tell you. It'd be like Johnny Manziel. I mean, he was also cocky and thought that he was better than everybody else. Go play in the CFL. Have fun up there. Right. Um, but it, it is what it is. Uh, but, man, that – Boy, does that that suck that you are trying to tank and you're tie, gonna tie for first. <laughs> yes, it's rough, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're here. Uh, no golf this weekend. No golf. Uh, so it was the holiday. PGA Tour takes off. Uh, uh, for the week of Thanksgiving, no golf was had this last week. However, there was news. There was news. All of, all and. News. And for what it, it's just all about Tiger. Um, so we did tell you that December was going to be the month of Tiger. We talked about this on the podcast and we did not steer you wrong. However, it's going a bit differently than we had thought it was going to be going um, moving forward here. So let's start the Tiger talk. First and foremost, we're talking about kind of the big piece item here. He is withdrawing from the hero. Um, it said that... Um, he is. He was going to be withdrawing due to. Um, he didn't. He says he didn't take the decision lightly. Uh, under underwent uh, intense preparations in the lead up to the event that included walking rounds, trying different pre round routines, and spending extra time walking on the beach in an attempt to simulate the sand at this week's course in Albany. Um, however, he did say, "quote It's going to take probably you know a month or two of rest, but also uh, it was the ramping up process that did it." Um, so that this is kind of where Tiger is in his career is he's trying to balance this whole, do I rest or do I put the work in, you know? Yeah. It's like, what, what do you do if you're in his shoes? Because obviously 
it it's not news to everybody here. Your golf game seems to be fine. It's the yeah. walking bit. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, he almost lost a leg. Like let's let's not forget about the reason he's in this position in the first place was that car accident that not only almost took his life, but almost took his whole leg, you know? So yep, yep. if you're Tiger right now, do you with this whole month of December, you know, being titled the month of Tiger, you're going to be doing all a bunch of stuff in December. You have the match, you have the PNC with Charlie, which it is confirmed that he's playing. Then you were supposed to start it off with the hero, but you're already one withdrawal in. If you're Tiger after this month of December, say the rest of it goes according to plan. Do you just flat out rest until the first major? Um, I think it depends on how he's feeling. I think the way he's doing it right now is is exactly how he should be doing it. He's towards the end of his competitive golf career. He's he's probably not going to be winning anytime soon. And if he does, great for him. But, like, there's just too many young studs out there right now to see Tiger winning anything anytime soon. Right. So, for me, I think it's smart of him to just be like, look, I'm going to play with my son in this event because he's a great golfer and I want to spend time with him. And then also I'm going to do this charity event, which is one going to look good for me. One going to two going to be way more fun than an actual PGA tour event. Cause I get to hang out with my friends while I'm doing it and not some like random that just barely made the, the tour uh, kind of thing. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if he's feeling good after that, maybe enter a few events, but there, there's no reason for him to, to waste his energy and his physical health that he has left on meaningless events. He already has what close to 90 wins on yeah. tour. He, um, 82, I believe is the number. So like there's, there's nothing, there's nothing like that you can really uh, obtain with another few wins on these lower level events, that's going to change any, like the way anybody views you. So you mm -hmm. might as well just save yourself for the majors. Cause you're invited to those anyway. Cause you're Tiger Woods. Um, just save yourself for those. Collect the pip every year. Like you are. And <laughs> just do your thing. I mean, it's insane that he, that he won the pip again, but we don't have to get into that. Yeah. We got into that whole, we got into that whole shenanigans last week. Um, it what it, it is going to be brought up in this episode, though. Uh, kind of down the line here. The more we talk about this press conference that Tiger did, uh, like honestly, this is the biggest news out of golf right now. Is this entire press conference that Tiger did? So uh, it, this is just going to be a Tiger episode. So bear with us here. Um, but you know, you're right. Like when it comes to yeah, he gets to play with his friends. He gets to play with his son at this you know event. And then in the match, it's like all his buddies and stuff like that. And that's kind of the golf that he wants to do. Um, he did say, quote, I like playing. I like competing. But unfortunately, you know, I can hit the golf ball and hit whatever shot you want. I just can't walk. Um, you know, he was apparently his friends are reporting. And he even himself said, quote, uh, I'm four, five, six, seven under par. Like it was nothing. But I was in a cart. Yeah. And which is, he, go ahead. Which which everybody everybody who has watched a round of golf knows it makes a huge difference. If you've ever played a round of golf and then watched a round of golf on TV, you know that car makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. and, and not only does the car make a huge difference, but he made it very clear in this press conference he would never even debate bringing a 
the idea of him using a cart to the PGA tour, because he knows that that's like, he doesn't want to be the only guy on tour that gets to use a car just because he's tiger. You know, he doesn't want to be that guy. It's a steroid. It's a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. because the only thing preventing you from shooting five to seven under on a normal round is the fact that you have to walk it. So there's no reason that these guys that are walking this entire course are going to shoot four under and you shoot five under because you were riding a golf cart. Like, that's just not fair. And he realizes that, which I appreciate from him because he could very easily be like, no, I'm Tiger Woods. I'm taking a cart. Right. And I think that would be a bad look for him. So I think I think he's definitely making the right decision by saying he's not ever going to bring a cart on the PGA Tour. Um, unfortunately, for people that like watching Tiger golf, that means we're probably only going to see him four times a year uh, in an actual PGA Tour event because those are the only ones he's going to care about. Right. And, you know, when it really comes down to it, you're right. Like, that's just a bad look for him to be like, yeah, I'm Tiger Woods. I'm taking a cart. Like, you fuck off. But, like, yeah, I think he's doing the right thing and just denouncing the idea entirely because, I mean, it's something we even talked about here on the podcast. Can Tiger come back? Would you allow him to use a cart if it means we get more Tiger? And I think the general consensus is, as, like, golf fans, we'd all be like, we'd love to see more Tiger, obviously. But it feels... Yeah, kind of like cheating in a way, which is yeah. crazy to think about because, you know, as amateurs, we obviously all use carts. It's it's actually rare mm. that we we walk rounds if we do. And, um, we still shoot and we still shoot like crap. Like to us, it's like, oh, I don't see any sort of competitive advantage. But when these guys out there on the PGA Tour are really only separated in how good they're playing that day by a shot or two, if you could take any competitive advantage to get off your feet and like get to your ball faster, um, be able to get to your second shot quicker, ride that momentum you have from a good tee shot or something like that. That's totally a competitive advantage uh, to these athletes. Definitely not us. Okay. <laughs> we are not taking yeah. any competitive advantages by using carts, folks. Don't even worry about it. We're not all taking steroids. It is perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but on his, on his upcoming schedule, he did say that he is playing the PNC with Charlie. He is still doing the match. Uh, when he was asked about, you know, when it comes to playing with Charlie, you know, how's that going to go? Uh, he was allowed to use a cart in last year's PNC. Um, but he said, quote, Charlie would just hit all the shots and I'll just get the putts out of the hole. So pretty easy there. And I can't say he's wrong. I can't say he's wrong. Charlie. So funny. It's if so good. He just let If he just let Charlie do it by himself and basically caddy for him, that would be amazing. Well, he probably can. Like, realistically speaking, right, he's probably going to benefit the most out of the tee box, and maybe not even that, right? Because now Charlie's 13. That If he's not already going through puberty, he's about to hit it, which means that boy's going to start hitting some long fucking shots. And he was already hitting long shots at the PMC Championship. If we recall, the the tee shot that he had, fuck, like a baby, there wasn't even a baby draw, just a sharp draw around a corner, boom, on the green, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Like he wasn't even breaking a sweat at all. Charlie Woods might be the greatest, uh, like the greatest example of can someone live up to their, you know, dad's greatness or their parents' greatness. He might be the greatest example of a kid that might be overshadowing the parent. Yeah, maybe. And the other thing too, that I love about the whole uh, Tiger Charlie dynamic is we don't see it like we're going to see it again 
Um, uh, I mean, we've seen it a little bit with John Daly's son because he's older. Right. But this is like the first time that we get to see a professional athlete's son or daughter play and be doing the exact same thing that their parent was doing. Usually it's their parent did, did one, like played one position and the kid plays another position. I mean, we have Marvin, Marvin Harrison jr. Coming up uh, out of college this year um, as a wide receiver, obviously his dad did the same thing a little bit different. Not not too different though, but like Charlie's gonna be doing the exact same thing that Tiger is doing. He's gonna be playing the exact same courses at the exact same time of year. He's gonna be um he's probably gonna be hitting with the same clubs, just upgraded basically, because he's gonna get all the sponsors that his dad has. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the best case scenario for the PNC and probably the best possible thing for golf at the moment would be if Charlie does everything like Tiger doesn't hit a single shot at the PNC and Charlie beats Justin Thomas and his dad. Yeah. That I mean like, that would be that would make headlines and it would be so funny if Charlie just straight up beat Justin Thomas and his dad. Obviously, very hard task to do. Oh yeah. Um, with how good Justin Thomas and his dad are, but it would be so funny if it happened and even if he was competitive with them just by himself would be so funny and it would be so good. The PNC would love it. Uh, people who like uh, golf headlines would love it. Um, and I think that that they should now do that because we just came up with another fantastic idea that Tiger yeah. shouldn't play. I mean, honestly, the amount of great ideas that we, we throw out on this podcast, <laughs> is it is ridiculous when you really think about it. It's it just – if the PGA Tour doesn't listen by now, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we're just, what are you doing? We're just, just spitting out good ideas at an insane clip. I don't really know what else people want. Like the rate that we're firing at, it it would it would make this podcast considered an assault rifle, right? The rate is just so damn high. <laughs> okay, but realistically speaking, the last time we've seen something like this was the Griffies. Both play yeah. outfield. Both absolutely mash the ball. Both are Hall of Famers. Like the, that is the, that is the last time we've seen something maybe to this degree of father son success. Yeah, and the son's thirteen. Can we like he's thirteen <laughs> like, years old okay? and he's still in middle school, which is nuts, right? Like he's in seventh <laughs> grade. Let's let's do the math there, okay? Like in like in, did you even just begin to imagine seventh grade and like doing this at that age? No. I mean, it's pure insanity, but it's so exciting to watch just as a fan of golf, what Charlie Woods is doing. So obviously the PNC is going to be awesome, uh, whether, you know, Tiger really puts an input in or not. Um, And then obviously the match is going to be exciting because for the match, they're clearly, they're all going to use cards because that's what they've been doing with the Capital One match anyways. So that's not really even a big deal at all. Um, I'm actually a little bit also excited for the match to see Tiger with the card, everybody else with the card, so on and so forth. And Tiger probably being able to compete with them, if not step for step, because he's getting yeah. to use the card, you know? Yeah. Because it's not going to be the same that we saw from St. Andrews, where he just looked like an, an abject shell of not only himself, but a shell of a professional golfer, right? Yeah, and anybody who knows or anybody who has been golfing, um, I don't know anybody anyway that plays better golf when they're in a bad mood. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's going to be hanging out with his buddies while he's playing this, it to me means we're probably going to get some really good golf out of Tiger. 
Um, and it's definitely must watch TV just because of the guys that are involved outside of Tiger even uh, make it must watch TV. And then you throw Tiger in the mix and the fact that they're doing one of the matches. Uh, I don't know. Do you know who's commentating? I don't I don't remember. I think I think that. it's CBS again. So I think you're going to have Charles. OK, um, you you might get call ins like there was for the one where you like Shaq's on for some reason <laughs> and Steph Curry's talking or whatever. Um, yeah. But I do think it's the uh, is that AB is that ABC or CBS? I no no it's would be no, TNT? TNT was TNT was um, with Barkley. I think he's on TNT because of the yeah. basketball show that he's on. Let me see if I can find the commentators. Because if we get Charles Barkley commentating on this match, that's all time. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, it's looking like it's going to be on TNT again. So That's it's looking amazing. like we're we're going to get that same crew of like Charles and um, let's see here. So looking like it's going to be Charles, Ernie Johnson, Trevor, Trevor Immelman, those guys um, that we got from a couple of the uh, matches. So uh, obviously the commentators are going to be great and the golf's going to be great. So honestly yeah. – Super exciting for the golf that we're going to see out of Tiger in the match and the PNC. I don't know what we would have gotten out of the hero. I don't know if we would have gotten anything worthwhile other than the fact that he would be the one hosting the hero, which, you know, it's because he, you know, is Tiger and it's the hero and all that jazz. But um, it, it he would be the host. And I believe he still plans on doing the hosting thing. It's just, I don't know if we would have gotten good golf out of him or at least golf that is worthy of talking about. So, you bring up a good point. He's playing with his buddies. He's going to be having a good time. He's playing with his son. He's going to be having a good time. Like you'll probably get better golf out of him with those factors along with the cart, obviously helping. Cause if he's shooting seven under with a cart, we're looking at maybe not prime tiger, but definitely the tiger in the point of his career where he was maybe a little bit past his prime, but still tiger, you know? Yeah. So that's going to be super exciting to watch now. If you thought that this uh, this press conference was all happy-go-lucky about him being like, oh, I'll get to golf and do all the fun things, boy, would you be wrong. Oh, you are so wrong. Because uh, obviously the live questions were going to get asked. This is pretty much the first time that Tiger was in front of a microphone and could really comment on the whole live situation when he wasn't dealing with his own personal stuff, so on and so forth. So he, he did not hold back even a little bit. So when it comes to... First, he was asked about, you know, how he felt towards Greg Norman, the live guys and the stuff with that. Um, he said, quote, I think Greg's got to leave and we can eventually hopefully have a stay between the two lawsuits and figure something out. So basically, the way he was kind of wording the beginning there was that obviously the lawsuits are still going on, uh, so he can't talk as freely right now. But I don't think he was really holding back anything here. Um so the the thing about the the sides are their willingness to potentially compromise with Liv so and and PJ Tour, um, and Tiger seemed to call for two actions from the Liv side that they ditch Greg Norman and that they drop their lawsuit against the PGA Tour, uh, and implied that if those two things happen, discussions could follow. He didn't get any specifics. It's still unclear that a compromise would actually look like, or if either side is interested in finding it. Um, but man, he was just attacking Greg Norman being like, he cannot be the head of live. If this is ever going to get past all these lawsuits, 
And I think he makes a decent argument, right? Obviously, we have yeah. on this podcast before complimented Greg Norman on his ability to run a business. I mean, he's done pretty damn good at his ability to run the live tour and make it a business and make it profitable, so on and so forth. But uh, Tiger looks like he's trying to suggest that there needs to be some form of compromise between this or lawsuits are just going to keep going back and forth. No, 100%. Which is he's not wrong at all about that. Yeah. yeah, he's not wrong at all about that. And I think his I think his idea is that you just have to get rid of Greg Norman being the lead, and then something would be able to gain traction because just the the Jay Monahan and the Greg Norman um, animosity towards each other is never going to go away. It's just going to be a stalemate forever. You know, and it makes yeah. a good point. He makes a really good point. Um, but when it it comes down to it, realistically, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not, not going to happen. You yeah, know, the, it sucks because like you, you, you try to think of solutions for it, and when you when you think of what could possibly be it, maybe taking out one of the better PGA Tour golfers we've ever seen from the equation might make it a little bit less tension because you have to believe you have to at least have a little bit of belief that Jay Monahan is upset because everything that the PGA tour gave Greg Norman in order to get him to this point. And now he's just basically turning on them going to the live tour. Right. And not to say, not to say that he's wrong in that necessarily because he's doing what's best for him at the time. And you can never fault anyone for doing that. Uh, but there is going to be tension there because Monahan's going to look at him as someone who doesn't appreciate what he's been given by this entity that he's now competing against. So I think if you do take Greg Norman out of the equation, I think it makes a huge difference because now you don't have that. You just have the guys that are leaving the PGA Tour who, let's be honest, are all replaceable. None of them are right. going to be the next Tiger, the next Greg Norman, the next Gary Player. None of them are going to be those guys. They're great golfers, but in 20 years, we're not going to be talking about them like this. We'll be like, oh, you remember that one time that Dustin Johnson and John Rahm went into a playoff? And that'll be it. It's not going to be. Mm -hmm. Remember that one time that there was a six month stretch where Dustin Johnson won 12 times. Yeah. Like, remember that? Remember that time where Dustin Johnson was the only good player on a single tour? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's like, it's like if you take him out of the situation, all you have is those other golfers and not to not to discredit any of the other golfers. But I feel like it's a lot easier to deal with just them than a guy that I mean. To be completely honest, Jay, Mon Jay Monahan and uh, Greg Norman probably had a relationship before this happened. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Greg Norman was involved heavily in the PGA Tour and their their front office actions and promoting the PGA Tour and then got offered a shit ton of money and left, you know? Yeah. So there's going to be tension until he's out of there. And I just don't know if you can, because like we said, he's been running it so well as a business and doing everything he needs exactly how he needs to do it to grow it. And there's no way that they take him out of that situation, the Saudis, I'm saying. Um, right. Because he's doing exactly what they want him to do, basically executing it as perfectly as you could. Yeah. And he's, he's obviously, like we've said before on this podcast, he's an incredible businessman doing exactly what you know he's supposed to do for the Live Tour. He's paying him a shit ton of money. Um, but that animosity is never going to go away. Jay Monahan and Greg Norman are now absolutely on the outs, and that's never going to go away. Also, I don't want to take away from what we're talking about right now, uh, but I just want to mention that eight seconds into this Flyers game, we have two fights. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> both Zach McEwen and Nick Delorier said, "Fuck it, we're just we're punching." I mean, you just do it. Yeah, you just do it. Russian Bulls back tonight. Tonight's the night that we're just gonna throw fists. We're on ten game losing streak, our fifth one in the last three years. Fuck it. Um, just anyways, start fighting people. <laughs> back back to golf. Um, and here's a question that Tiger was asked, and I I really think his answer speaks volumes, right? So here's here's the question. Um, I don't know who was asked by either way. Here's here's how it was said, stated, quote, part of those changes you talked about, Tiger, there's a lot more money coming in at tournaments from the tour that weren't available before Liv came around. A guy like Nicholson, for example, obviously is the face of that. And he took a lot of criticism and he's taken most of the bullets for that. And he was criticized heavily by players on tour for it, but, uh, who now will be making a lot more money at tournaments because of him shaking that tree. Do you feel like to some degree they owe an apology? Here was Tiger's response. Quote, no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> we, we took out an enormous loan during the pandemic in which that if we had another year of the pandemic, our tour would only be sustained for another year. So we took out an enormous loan. It worked. It paid off our benefit. Hence, we were able to use that money to make the increases that we've made. Right. So with that being said, obviously, Tiger has said, no, Phil deserves absolutely no credit for shaking whatever tree you're stating is was was shaken in order for there to be more money in the PGA Tour for these kids to win. This is something that the players of that age group, the Tigers, the the Phils of, of that entire group there, that's something they had been advocating for for years. And I believe they were they were getting on to something with these new kids and stuff like that. And Rory being the face of the PGA Tour now. And then Phil just went off on this fucking tangent and and, and then everything happened, right? Huh. So Tiger says, no, he doesn't deserve that at all. Um, however, if we recall uh, at the beginning of everything happening, Phil Mickelson said that the PGA Tour was sitting on $800 million and that they weren't doing anything with it in order to pay their players, right? Um, so here's something that Phil tweeted... Uh, this morning at uh, the, the day we're recording this November 29th at 11 16 a.m. He tweeted PGA tour IRS 990 form from 2018, 100, uh, 1.6 billion in stocks, 700 million in cash, 1.15 billion in non-liquid assets. This is from the nonprofit section. The for-profit section hasn't been stated since 2012, but has more than the nonprofit part of that time. This can all be Googled. So basically what is being stated here, right? Phil is saying, basically, no, what Tiger's saying is wrong. They didn't have to take out a loan. This is all money that they were just sitting on. Um, who do you believe here, right? Because obviously it looks like Phil is just reading off of their nonprofit tax forms. And Tiger is saying that they got a loan out. I I actually kind of don't know who to believe at this point. Because if Phil is taking facts from the taxes... And Tiger is saying that the, the PJ Tour got a loan. We're kind of in a different situation here. Although I do lean with agreeing with Tiger because I feel like Tiger was involved enough with the PGA Tour to know that they needed to take out a loan, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that's a tough situation. I, like you said, I don't really know who to believe necessarily. Um, I will say this. It does get you thinking based on his comments do you think some guys left for the live tour because they got wind of the whole, if the PGA tour doesn't take out this loan, it's done in a year thing. 
I mean, there, there's, there definitely has to be a possibility of that, right? Like, you can't sit there and, you know, with Tiger saying that, think that no other people heard about it, right? Yeah. You can't think to yourself, well, I don't believe that they knew. You know, I think Tiger's the only one that knew. That's impossible. Word, yeah. through, the PG, word through the golfers on the PGA Tour, it gets around, you know? Yeah. If they were like, hey, the tour is toast in a calendar year, um, maybe they didn't know about them taking out a loan, but they definitely knew that it was in enough dire strait where the PGA Tour was going to basically fold in a way, you know? Yeah. And they were like, well, shit, I have to go make my money where I can. And then they all, they all went to the live tour, right? There's definitely a chance of that. And I think you bring up a good point there because obviously there were a lot of golfers that we were kind of surprised to see leave. You know, in a way. Yeah. So definitely an interesting thing to kind of think about there. Was it more a situation of these golfers leaving in a fire sale? Kind of being like, well, if yeah, this is my career, I need to make money doing this. I got to get paid, you know? Exactly. And if I have an opportunity to leave now, I might not have one later. I got to take this one now. Right. Kind of thing. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked at all if that happened because I mean, you, you think about it, like the two guys on tour that would potentially leak this to other guys are Rory and Tiger. Mm-hmm. You're going to look out for the guys that, that you're friends with and that you care about. And obviously they have friends on tour. So like, for example, Tiger tells JT just out of like, just out of like a friendship kind of thing. He's like, Hey, like this is what's going on. Maybe they're just like having some drinks some night. They're talking about whatever JT's like, Oh, okay. Like whatever. And then he goes and he talks to Jordan Spieth, his good buddy, just to let him know what's kind of going on. And it's like a watered down trickle effect. Everybody now knows about it. Some people are getting offers and aren't too sure about the PGA tour being around forever. Obviously there's guys like, I'm sure every single person on the PGA tour got an offer. So obviously there's guys like uh, Rory, like TAT that like are confident in the PGA tour, but there's probably a lot of guys that through this, everything that happened in my assumptions decided, you know what? I got to go now because I might not be able to go later. And I, like you said, I need to make money. This is my career. Right. Like I, I have to do something because this is all I have. I'm a professional golfer. I need to make money doing this. So yeah. you really bring up a really good point, and I think that that's something that maybe hasn't been explored in the minds of some people as to why this happened, but also hasn't been really brought to light until till right now, until Tiger said something. You know, yeah. I didn't know that the PGA Tour was a year out from not being a thing anymore. Like, you, you really have to think about it maybe more in the aspect of there were some players that just thought that there wasn't going to be a PGA yeah. Tour, which is which is crazy. Um but to, to keep moving forward about some of the things that Tiger said here in, in this interview, and this is kind of the last bit I, I want to, to talk about here, is he was asked about the official World Golf ranks and what his opinion of them were. Obviously, it's been a, a big topic of conversation, considering uh, the live stuff and how they're perceived yeah. in the official World Golf ranks and so on and so forth. And when he was asked about them, he said, quote, it's a flawed system. The field at Dubai got less points than Sea Island and more of the top players were there in Dubai. So obviously there's a flawed system. And, you know, in fairness, the official world golf ranking points and how they come about gets kind of nerdy in, in that way. Um, but when 
when you really think about it, he makes a good point. Shouldn't the more points go towards the tournaments that have the best players? And I think that's something yeah. you brought up a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I mean, it definitely should. Um, workshopping the idea now, though, I mean, I, I hate the world golf ranking system. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. It's so confusing. They just need something new. And right. I have a proposal. Okay, I like it. What they should do is once a month, they should redo the world golf rankings. And the way they decide who the best golfer in the world is, is they take everybody to a putt place <laughs> and whoever scores the best is at the top of the world of rankings you know so what fuck it. i'm there for it fuck it do a, do a holy moly <laughs> because, episode with because all the tour players because basically what we're doing right now with the official world golf rankings is something as ridiculous as doing a putt putt competition because right. it's where you place in all these events and like wait events are weighted differently and it's like no if this person is winning like it's it bothers me to no end when a player can win like multiple tournaments in a row and still not be the top player in the world. Right. And it's because those tournaments are weighted lesser or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or they haven't done as well. They didn't do as well the prior two weeks. They missed a cut or something because it's like an average, right? Yeah. So it's an average and it's like your last 10 tournaments or whatever. And that's how it shakes out. Like you can, you can win two tournaments in a row and be like higher ranked after like 10 weeks, but then miss 10 cuts and still be like 10th overall or some, something yeah, dumb. It's like, how are we, how are we saying that you're still one of the better golfers? Like you're not consistent. That's not being good. Right. Right. That's so the official world golf ranking points. I mean, they're going to be a sticking point until, till the end of time, because yeah, I mean, they, that's, that's a whole nother conversation we don't need to get into because yeah, no one wants to hear that. But you know, basically like we've always said, tiger is not just the needle mover. Tiger is the needle. Could there be a change to the official world golf ranks? Uh, He said, quote, to end it, he said, it has been changed in the past, and I'm sure this will be changed hopefully soon. Does Tiger know something? We don't know, but there's a chance that he could. And that means maybe, just maybe, we will get a change to the official world golf ranking points because they are so dumb. It's insane. But if anyone's going to make it happen, it's going to be him. So. Right. And also to propose um, something else, I think the official World Golf Rank points should act similar to how the FedEx Cup points are put out, right? You just won this week, you gained this many points because the field was strong and that's where you were. You get that many points in the official World Golf Rankings. Yeah. I don't think that's that should be far off the mark. I don't like this whole 10 average yeah. thing. It's dumb. It's dumb. It is. It is dumb. Like guys before, like John Rahm and Dustin Johnson, have been atop the official world golf ranking points at times that they shouldn't or didn't yeah. deserve to be, you know? Yeah. And it felt like the times when they did deserve to be, the average hadn't worked out yet. So they were still in like yeah. fourth or third, you know? Exactly. It's so stupid. Um, it if anyone's going to make that change happen, it's going to be Tiger because everybody listens to Tiger because of who he is, uh, which is fine because. Uh, He's the best to ever do it, so we should listen to him. He yep. does have valid and good opinions on most things. Yes, he um, does. But, yeah, if, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. So the fact that we're getting getting the words out of his mouth that it's stupid, uh, to me, means that there's changes coming soon. Yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely matters, especially when Tiger says something. But uh, to wrap up the episode here, we are going to look forward to the Hero World Challenge. Unfortunately, no Tiger. However, 
this top five is going to feel very refreshing for a lot of us because the names in the top five are top level PGA Tour golfers. This is kind of one of those return tournaments after Thanksgiving where you're going to see these names pop up a lot more. The fall stretch is coming to an end, and we're actually going to be seeing some highly competitive golf with some really good golfers. So the Hero World Challenge top five, you know how it goes with the power rankings. Rick, I'm going to list five out for you. You do your best to put them in the right order. Here we go. Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau. That is extremely refreshing. Is it not? Um, oh, I. That's amazing. I love. Man, that. I read this top five and I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> um, first one he said was Victor, right? As the first one's Victor. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go five to one. Finau, Victor, Rom, JT, and then whoever the last person was. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> how far off was i <laughs> uh you, you didn't get one right but <laughs> not not a, not a one not this a is one. an outrage <laughs> uh in order from five to one it goes justin thomas victor hovland tony finau scotty scheffler and john rom well that wasn't even close no not even a little bit but let's find <laughs> out why let's find out why rob has decided to to spew whatever this bullshit is here we go Number five, Justin Thomas, relatively quiet and rested for a while, but frequently a threat, of course, especially at Albany, where he hung up T5 in each of his last two editions. Time with Tiger, no doubt, inspires. Uh, you know, it's true. Justin Thomas has, has taken off basically the first part of the season in a way. So it, it he might not perform at his best, but he's still JT. You know, it is what it is. Yep. But I kind of like him in the five spot. I think it makes sense given that he hasn't golfed a whole lot to begin the season. Yeah. Um, number four, Victor Hovland delivered an elevated expectations for victory in his debut last year. Uh, wind is forecast to blow more this year. So he ultimately, the, the ultimate equalizer is also an opponent. Uh, fine form throughout 2022. This will be his season debut as well. A lot of guys are doing their season debuts right now. So I don't know about putting him in the top five, let alone number four. But, you know, who knows? He did have a fine 2022. He did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call it incredible, but it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Number three, and a guy that has absolutely come out of the gates electric at the beginning of this season, Tony Finau, with wins in three of his last seven starts, including his most recent in Houston, he's wearing a target, fourth consecutive appearance at Albany, where he was runner-up in 2018. Um, He's playing hot fucking golf right now. Three oh, yeah. wins, seven starts. I mean, I know it's like kind of like weird because it's split between two seasons when you think about his last seven starts. Yeah. But if he gets one more win, we are looking at Scotty Scheffler numbers here. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're finally seeing the Tony Fino that we knew we could see right. um, when we had that string of second place finishes. Like, it, it's a matter of time. All Like, people say it all the time. You got to figure out how to win, and then you know how to prepare. It's all about the preparation and your mental state that you're in as far as winning goes like that. Everybody says that's what separates you and what helps you win. We knew it was all that Tony Finau needed, and now he's just showing us. Yeah. The talent was never a question when it came to Tony Finau. Yeah, yeah. Talent was never in question at all. He had all the intangibles. He had all the tools to win at the PGA Tour level. It's just he never seemed to put all the right pieces together or have the right mentality or be in the right frame of mind to get it done on Sunday, you know, and now he's just getting it done all over the place. Yeah, Three wins, 
last seven starts. It's crazy. So honestly, I could see him being a little bit higher up on this listing than three, but obviously the two in front of him are incredible golfers. One of them, I would say Tony's playing a bit better than right now, but we'll get into that. Number two, and this one's actually the most surprising for me, who is number one, and we'll get to them. But number two is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, so many superlatives uh, rode four wins, four second places, and a third to PGA Tour Player of the Year honors. Uh, already has a T3 at Mayakoba this season, runner-up in debut here last year. Obviously, the beginning of the year, not super hot for Scotty, you know, given what happened at the President's Cup and all that jazz. But it looks like he's kind of shaken off the rust a little bit. That T3 at Mayakoba was a good palate cleanser. And, you know, he was a runner-up here at this course last year for this tournament. And that's definitely something that he could capitalize on and and maybe get back to being the Scotty that we all know and love. Um, but I'm excited to see how it goes for Scotty just because the President's Cup was weird, man. And it got me a weird feeling about Scotty. I don't know. This season scares me a little bit, but we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, I'm definitely a little uneasy going into the season. Yeah, um, but it's obviously it's going to be really, really hard to do what he did last year or even come close to it. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll have to see how it goes from there. But number high, one high overall. For sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number one overall here, though, for the power rankings is John Rahm. Uh, to be held to the highest standard in a field full of worthy candidates for the same, it requires all boxes checked, done and done, winner twice in the last three starts. Also, win second at Albany in his history there. Yeah, uh, John Rahm's playing hot this uh, at the beginning of this year, too. It's just like when's the John Rom thing going to get tired? I'm already a little bit tired of it. Yeah. I kind of want some fresh new blood. Um, and I, I just don't think that John Rom is going to have as poor of a season as he did last year, but I can't see him doing the John Rom from two years ago where he was just unstoppable and untouchable. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't see that again. I think we're going to see kind of a middle of the road guy, probably, probably top 10 in the FedEx cup, but more towards the lower end of the top 10. Right. Right. And I, I agree with you there. Uh, other than that, though, I got nothing else as far as golf news is concerned, so that's probably going to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, not not much going on, like we said. Um, we got the hero this week. Uh, uh, the match is coming up soon, so be ready for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting into the into the swing of the season, if you right. will. Yeah. Um. So more news, more events. Uh, it's going to be exciting, especially once we get to see Charlie and Tiger play and kind of kick off the uh, the 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 good golf news finally. Yeah. Instead yeah, of fine. just talking about live all the time, we can actually have events to talk about that matter. Yeah, we can finally start talking about PGA Tour events with really good golfers playing in them, and then also the fun ones that are coming up. So December is going to be a cool month for golf, and then we'll finally get into the swing of the new season, which is going to be awesome to watch. As always, folks, thank you for listening. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at from the tips underscore pod. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter too at FTT underscore pod. Please go follow us on there both. It helps us kind of gain traction. And also it helps you guys talk to us. We'll we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about here on the podcast. We listen to our listeners. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to us. And we out. Thanks, guys. See you later.